I'm going to bring a message to you this morning entitled, That the Lord is on your side. In Psalm 124, verse 1, it says, If it had not been for the Lord, who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it not had been for the Lord, who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quickly, when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. What he's saying is this. We'd have been overcome, we'd have been overwhelmed, and we would have been washed away if it had not been that the Lord was on our side. Amen. Verse 5, it says, Then the proud waters had gone away over our soul if the Lord had not been on our side. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we are escaped. You and I have missed trap after trap that the enemy has set for us. I got a question for you this morning, Heart of the Bay. Have you escaped anything in your life? Well, if you're born of God, it is true that you have escaped hell. You have escaped snare after snare, accident after accident, glory to God, bankruptcy after bankruptcy, because the simple fact is true, the Lord is on your side. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 8 says, our help is in the name of the Lord who has made heaven and earth. And then turning over to Psalms 116 on the way over, say it with me. The Lord is my helper. Actually, Psalm 118 verse 1. Praise God. Oh, magnify the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endures forever. Let them that fear the Lord say that his mercy endures forever. Let Heart of the Bay Christian Center say, Let's try it one more time. His mercy endures forever. Oh, hallelujah. I called upon the Lord in my distress. And the Lord answered me and set me in a large, roomy place. Amen. How many of you just don't like tight places? I'm not a part of the tiny house nation. I am one who likes a broad place, a wealthy place, a large place. Amen. I never bought into living or, or, or driving a little Volkswagen bug. I prefer the big one. Amen. Don't give me a little Mac, give me a Big Mac. Don't give me a single at uh, In-N-Out, give me a double. Animal style, thank you. What was the result of the Lord delivering you? Well, why did He do it? Because in verse 6, the Lord is on my side. And the result of Him being on your side is this, I will not fear, what can man do unto me? You see, if we are full of fear, it's because we don't know in our spirits that he's really on our side. The presence of fear 
indicates the absence of being fully persuaded that God is really on our side. But on the other hand, the absence of fear shows the presence of the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith, hallelujah, will cause you to overcome anything and everything that comes against you. If you will believe in your spirit and say on a regular basis, I mean walk around the house declaring, the Lord is on my side. The Lord is for me. What can be against me? He is my helper. He is the brightness of my countenance. He is for me and he's not against me. Amen. Oh, glory to God. And notice in verse 7, it says, The Lord takes your part with them that help me. Therefore shall I I shall see my desire upon them that hate me. Amen. Aren't you glad that you've got a lawyer? You've got an advocate. You've got one that covers your case. You see, him being for you and him being on your side is the exact opposite of him being against you. In Psalms 23 and in verse 1, it declares, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. I'm telling you that he is still in the restoration business of taking minds that have been broken down by sin and broken apart by depression and restoring them. Amen. He restores my soul. Not only that, but he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now notice with me in verse four, he said, yes, even though I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death, here's what I will not do. I will fear no evil. Say that three times. I will fear. Number two. Number three. Now why is it and how is it that we can say that we will not be afraid? Why? Because thou art with me. He's right there with you in the valley of the shadow of death. He is for you and he is on your side. Therefore, you can boldly declare that even weapons that come against you shall not prosper. Amen. Because he is on your side. Amen. Now, he's not just with us and for us to comfort us as we go down the drain. No, thank God he's for you and with you to guide you, to protect you, to deliver you, to help you. And I, for one, need all the help I can get. Just ask Pastor Brenda. How many of you need a little help? That's 100% of you. Aren't you glad that the Lord is for you and he is your helper? Call unto me and I will answer you, he says. And I'm going to show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Not only that, but he's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. Amen. And your cup runs over. Read verse 6 with me. Surely... What's following you around? Devils and demons? Bad people? 
What's following you around? For how long? Are you kidding me? Do you mean to say that goodness and mercy are following you? I mean, if you're a goody two-shoe, they might follow you every Monday and Tuesday. God's a good God, and His goodness and His mercy... Well, I know they're following Pastor Tom, but me, you know, I don't know about that. Goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. And what are we going to do? Come on. That's not strong enough. What are we going to do together? One more time. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I mean, that's running material right there. I mean, if we went home right now, we would have said, glory to God, it's good to have been in the house of the Lord. Why is that, Pastor? Because I got goodness and mercy. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. So what that brings, that knowledge, that revelation knowledge brings an abiding peace in my life. We got peace. That passes CNN. We got peace that passeth Fox News. We got peace that passeth the Republicans. We got peace that passeth the Democrats. This, ooh, Shandai. This peace that we have is not of this world. This peace comes out of another world. It comes out of heaven. And the Prince of Peace came and gave his life for us. And he put his shalom, shalom down on the inside of every one of us. Oh, bless the Lord. So when did this start? Romans 5, it says this, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And I'm looking at a few of you today that I know, in fact, you were really ungodly. And I can look in the mirror and say, for a fact, this hombre was really ungodly. We qualified, right? And so notice with me. He said that Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Oh, read verse 8. Are you ready to shout? But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm telling you, even when you were ungodly, even when you were a sinner, he was not against you. He was still for you. Now, he was not for what you were doing. 
He was not for how you were acting, but he's been for you, before you from before the foundation of the earth. And God's not done with you yet. He started a good work in you and he's going to complete it until he returns. Oh, man. Much more then. Be now justified by his blood. We shall be saved through the wrath that is yet to come. How many of you know that the world right now is ugly? And it's going to get uglier. But before it gets its ugliest, you and I are going to flow in the glory of God. And we are going to be caught away in clouds of glory. Hallelujah! And we shall ever be with the Lord. He delivers you from the wrath to come. That's when he started being with you. Now listen to this statement. If he was with you when you were against him, how much more is he with you and for you today? How much more is his hand upon you? Oh, he took you out of the pit and he raised you up and made you to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made you an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus and gave you joint seating with him. And he said that in the ages to come, I'm going to show you my will. I'm going to show you my plan. It's unlimited. It is surpassing and it is exceeding. How much more? Will he show his love and his care for you now? He didn't take you out of the pit so that you could sit in front of a television and become an idiot. Man, I'm poetic today. Watch out. He didn't take you out of the pit so you could go smoke miracle, uh, not miracle marijuana, medical marijuana. (laughs) That's a pun right there. (laughs) amen he took you out of the pit to be light to be salt to be an ambassador to be a child of the king of kings and lord of lords if he was with you when you were against him how much more is he for you now don't let the devil condemn you That's what religion preaches. That's what religion teaches. They condemn you. But oh, thank God. There's never been a human being that has been for you as much as he is for you. Say with me, he's for me, he's for me, he's for me. He's on my side, he's on my side. He's on my side. Amen. Should we go further? All right, look at Romans 8.31 then. Romans, the 8th chapter and the 31st verse. What shall we then say to these things? How many of you have some things that you need to talk to? You know, Jesus told us to talk to the mountain, not about the mountain. He told us to talk to the sickness, not about the sickness. He taught us, He told us to talk to the debt and not about the debt. He told us to talk to the depression and not about the depression. Whosoever shall say. There are some things that we must say 
if we want the landscape and the scenery of our life to be changed. If you want, if you want mountains to move away, you must say what God has said about you. Amen? Now notice this in Romans 8.31. What shall we then say to these things? What are we going to say? Let's say it together. If God be for us, I love the way you participate. Would you show up in the 9 a.m. service sometime and help me out? Oops. Okay, say it again. If God be for us, who can be against us? What this is literally saying, since God is for you, who can successfully be against you? It's not a question of whether or not things will come against you. The question is, will you allow them to be successful or not? No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Why is that? Because God is for you. In order to be successful in life, or in order for the enemy to be successful against you, he'd have to be bigger than God. And he is not bigger than God. There ain't no God like our God. There ain't no God as big as our God. Amen? He is the greater one. And he does live in you. For greater, bigger is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, hallelujah. Bill Gates is one of the wealthiest men in the world. And if he was to give you $15 million or $1 billion, if Bill Gates was for you, you might believe that everything's going to be okay. But I'm telling you today, you have better backing than Bill Gates. The Bible tells us that God is almighty, the creator of the heavens and earth. He is for you. What problem can fasten its grip on you when the almighty God is for you? Can the devil come successfully against you when God's on your side? Now, the rest of this message today is extremely important. I've taken about 15 minutes to build you up. Now I'm going to instruct you on something that is extremely important before we receive communion. As Brenda shared, she's going to be doing an excellent teaching on angels tonight. But I want to show you something in the book of Exodus. How many of you will believe God with me today? I want you to look at Exodus 23. Verses 20 through 22. And bear in mind as we read this that God speaks to us today by the Holy Ghost. God was speaking to them by angels. God can really do anything He wants to do. But His main MO today is to speak to us by His Spirit. So notice with me these phrases here. He said, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep thee in the way. That's God being for you. And to bring thee in the place which I have prepared. Woo. Beware of him. Obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. Today it's the Holy Spirit. But no, notice with me in verse 22. Let us read together. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice. And do all that I speak. Then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. Oh man, we want him. 
to be an enemy to our enemies (laughs) and an adversary to the adversary who walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But when you are under the cloud of glory and under his protection, the adversary may not devour you because he is an enemy to your adversary. Is that good news or not? See, this is a part of God's blessing in our life. He is for you. Now listen to this statement. And He is against what is against you. He said, I will be an enemy to your enemies. I can hear Solomon say, when a man's ways please the Lord. When you obey God. When a man's ways please the Lord, he will even make his enemies to be at peace with him. God said this, just an example. He said, if you'll bring the tithes into the storehouse, he said, not only will I open up the windows of heaven to you and pour you out a blessing that there should hardly be enough room to receive, but he said, I'm going to rebuke. I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. You know, when the head of the church rebukes the devourer, the devourer has been rebuked. Well, I haven't seen the devourer being being rebuked. You don't know how many times he's rebuked other cars from running into you. You do not know how many times he has kept you healthy when you ate that junk food at that restaurant that was full of germs. Come on, guys. You don't know how many times he's kept you out of doctor's appointments. What about your automobile? I mean, some of you are driving an automobile that you've been driving since 1985. He kept you. Hallelujah. Just think about your babies, how he's kept them. The The hand of the Lord is upon you. The hand of God is upon you. Upon you for good. I was getting ready this morning, brought a tear to my eye. I was watching little Eden, our little granddaughter, and Esther, our daughter in law, and our son James, who was in the pit, but now he's in the pulpit. And he's playing the guitar. And he's worshiping God and ministering to the youth. I'm telling you what, no one can tell me that my God's dead. We serve a God who raises the dead. But it just brought a tear to my eye. They were having baby presentation. We call it baby dedication. And little Eden was being dedicated to the Lord. And when Keith and Phyllis stood up there among a vast amount of people presenting their children to the Lord, it just brought a tear to my eye. And I thought, oh God, you are so good. And oh God... You are so merciful. And oh God, you are so for us. Now, if you're on a journey in your life where things haven't quite lined up yet, do not give up. And do not look for some excuse and don't look for some secret sin that you might be living in. The sin ain't no secret. You know what it is. Just repent and get rid of it. Amen. But don't you give up. 
And always, remember this point, always in your life, stay on the Lord's side. Don't ever question why the Lord didn't do this or why did the Lord do that. If he did do it and if he didn't do something, I'll tell you right now, he had a good reason. And you may not understand the full length of it, but of his shorabanande, elevesumanene, if you will just stay in the things of God and in the word of God and pray in the Holy Ghost and bind up that which is need to be bound and loose what needs to be loose, you will see my power and my strength come through for you. So hold fast, says the Lord. Do not give up, but rather rejoice, for breakthrough time is nigh at hand. Hallelujah. Woo! Here's what we need to get to. We know that he's an enemy to our enemies. We know that he's against what's against us. Now here's what we need to make sure. We need to make sure then that we are on the right side of what he is for. Let me, let me, let me talk. Just because he's for you doesn't mean he's for everything that you want to do. Just because he's for you doesn't mean that he is for everything that you decide to do. The scripture says that the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things and that the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. And against his anointing. How many of you know that the world system is not for you? It is anti-anointing. This system called world is anti-Christ. It is anti-anointed one, Jesus, and it is against the anointing. Now notice this with me. He says concerning this, because the world system is against the anointed ones... It says, let us break their bands asunder and cast their cords from them. You do know and understand that most of the world is against the Lord and what he stands for. Here's what I got in my spirit, so listen very carefully. Let us not allow the spirit of this world, motivated by the God of this world, blind us and seducing us into believing lies. We must line everything up of what we see, of what we hear, and ask ourselves, is that in the Bible? Where's the scripture for it? Does it line up with the word of God? And if it doesn't line up with the word of God... I am not coming against people, but I am saying I am for the Lord because he is for me. Here's another statement. Never embrace what he's not for. Never embrace what he's not for. And never embrace what he will eventually one day judge. Get in this word. Everyone hold your Bible up. It's getting mighty quiet in this Presbyterian church. Well, pastor, how how do I know what he's for? You got to get your mind renewed. 
You got to open this book. Come on. Let it dwell in you richly. Meditate on it. Speak it. Act upon it. And learn the ways of God. Come on. And learn the character of God. And anything opposite of His ways and His character, you just reject. You just resist it with every fiber of your being. Now that doesn't mean that you do not become a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners, was He not? But you'll notice that Jesus never went to the opium den with them. Jesus never participated in the sin which sinners did. But he ate among them, he was kind to them, he was light to them, and he was salt to them. And I encourage all of us to do the same thing. But when it comes time to enter into close communion and fellowship with them at the bar, or in the bedroom, or in some sort of antichrist dialogue about the various religions of this world, I am not going there. And I encourage you not to go there either. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't going there. Here's the word of the Lord today. Find out what he is in alignment with. Come on. Find out what he is for. And then you come into alignment with it. You will find beyond any shadow of a doubt that He is for you, that He is on your side. But what am I saying to you today? I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that you are on the Lord's side. So he says, well, Pastor Mark, you know, who are you for? Are you for Pastor Tom or are you for Doug Anderson? I'm for them both. You know why? Because they're both on the Lord's side. Amen? Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? I'm not answering that. What I am going to answer that with is this. I'm on the Lord's side. Amen? And so it is so important that we understand and we look very carefully into the Word of God so that we can become knowledgeable, man. So that we can know the truth and so that the truth can set us free. And so in that freedom that you have been set free from, knowing what he's for and joining and aligning yourself on his side in that freedom, you will see and you will discover a glorious liberty and you will be led by the Spirit of God. God will lead you. By His Spirit. God will guide you into all the truth. Say with me, the Lord is for me. I am on His side. Because He's on my side. You know what? He is absolutely for the things that are good for you. Just think about all the scriptures. He gives you richly all things to enjoy. He is for you enjoying life. He is for you having good fun. 
He said, I have come that you might have life and enjoy it. Amen? God is for good strength for you. He is for good health for you. The Bible says we must not be overcome with evil, but, be, but, we, but we can overcome evil with good. With the good word of God. Now turn quickly over to Romans chapter 8. You getting anything yet? Yes. Romans chapter 8 verses 32 through 37. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely with him freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yea, rather, that's risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Read verse 37 with me. Look at your neighbor. You're looking at more than a conqueror. Now notice, it's through him that loves you. It's through him that's for you. Amen? Now let's read verse 38 and 39 together. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things to come, nor height, or depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Now say this with me real strong. Nothing can ever and will ever stop him from being for me. There is a separation that needs to take place and a sanctification that needs to take place in all of our lives and all of our hearts so that we make sure that we do not get too close to things that are going to be judged. I must and you must distance yourself from things that do not contribute to your walk with God. Amen? I will not put myself in the zone of people that are critical and judgmental and have nothing good to say about anything or anyone. I don't want that spirit get off on me. I have chosen not to make friends with an angry man. Why? Because that angry spirit could get off on me if I'm around it too much. I will not come into close fellowship with people that have behaviors that are anti-anointed and anti-Christ. I will love them. I will pray for them. And I will not come on holier than thou. But at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, and at noontime, I am his. And I am sanctified and separate 
from those things that would bring me down. Now, by the grace of God, I have been 40 years free from heroin addiction. Now, now, to God be the glory. But I know better than to go stand on a street corner with dealers. I know better than to hang out at a marijuana shop. I know better than to tempt myself to have a Bud Light. Because a Bud Light leads to other things. Everyone say, I will separate myself from anything and everything that does not contribute to my walk with God. Brenda and I have gone to movies before we've just had to get up and walk out of. Not because we're so perfect and so holy, but when they start cussing and use my Savior's name in vain and say all those things, I just don't want to have to pray for the next five hours to get that out of me. Now, it's even more serious than what I'm talking to you about today. Can we go just another step? We're going to have communion. Remember this, that he's for you. And part of him being for you, he's given you wisdom. He's given you wisdom where to go, where not to go, who to hang with and who not to hang with. What to watch, what not to watch. Whether to eat that whole coconut cream pie or just half of it. Now, here's the serious part. And I promise we're going to have communion in just a moment. But in Numbers 16, 26, here's what the Bible says. And he spoke unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. Somebody says, well, that's Old Testament. I'm under grace. Thank you. Let's look at the New Testament. <laughs> Revelation 18.4. Talking about Babel and Babylon, that spirit. Mm-hmm. Revelation 18.4 says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not part, listen, partakers of her sins, and that you receive none of her plagues. That's part of being for what he's for. And the book of Corinthians says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. What fellowship and communion has light with darkness? What conquered has Christ with Belial? And what part he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are, heart of the bay. You are the temple of the living God. And here's what God said about you. That I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to walk in you. I'm going to be your God. And you are going to be my peeps. You're going to be my people. Now notice verse 17. 
Because of this, come out from among them. And be ye separate. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And here's the good news. And I will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And Tony, when he is your daddy... He is your daddy and he takes good care of those he's for. He takes good care of those, hallelujah, whom he's on their side. Amen.